Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is Gabriel's Trumpet for Saturday, January the 30th, 2021. And I'd like to invite you to consider the following episode in the life of Jesus recorded in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 19, verses 16 to 30. That's Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 30. And it's commonly referred to as the rich young man. And I'd like to look at this uh, particular passage because we've kind of become very familiar with, perhaps too familiar with its meaning. But I'd like to suggest somewhat of a different angle of vision to what this particular story or episode in the life of Jesus is uh, really speaking to us in our own spiritual life, even all of these uh, centuries and millennia uh, since this particular episode took place. Uh, the setting is uh, that Jesus has been uh, teaching and blessing children. He's given a whole list of parables in chapter 13, the uh, chapter of parables, actually. And there's a kind of break in the action in which a rich young man comes up to him and says, teacher, what must I do to gain eternal life? What must I do? And uh, Jesus uh, seems to give him a rather abrupt, if not brush off answer. Uh, he says, why do you ask me about what's good? There's only one who is good. And of course, he's referring to Almighty God. And Jesus goes a little further and he says, if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. In other words, that's the baseline. That's the minimalist approach. Keep the commandments and... Uh, you'll be fine. And the rich young man says, but I have, uh, I've done all of these. He says, uh, I've done this uh, since I have been uh, very young. And uh, Jesus says, you know, uh, don't commit adultery. Uh, don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your parents. And uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man says, again, all of these I have observed. What do I lack? We see right here that the young man is aware that there is something missing. That yes, he's, he's listened to the and followed the letter of the law. But what is missing is the spirit. And it is the spirit that gives life. We know that we can keep the letter of the law. And yet our minds and our hearts can be very resistant, very cold, very resentful. We simply go through the motions. We pray, we receive the sacraments, we go to church. We do all of the things that uh, are baseline. Just kind of, uh, well, I've done my duty. And yet we don't really have that experience. We don't really have that growth in the spirit of that living relationship with Jesus Christ. We can, in fact, go to church and be very faithful, say our prayers every day, uh, which is all very good things. And yet at the same time, uh, there can be kind of a dryness, a kind of coldness 
a kind of drudgery, about our growth in faith, about our religious practice every day. We can even keep it just for Sundays and during the week. Well, that belongs to us. So this rich man recognizes that there's uh, something missing. And Jesus says to him, if you wish to be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. In other words, divest yourself of all of those things that give you your identity, your purpose, your meaning, that define you as you, and all of those things that you think are so important and hold you up as a good person. All of those things that get you going in the morning, get your feet on the floor and puts a little hop in your step. All of that. Divest yourself of that. In other words, come with your empty nets and let me fill them up. And the uh, response of uh, the young man is recorded by St. Matthew as follows. In verse 22, when the young man heard this statement, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Now, almost automatically or reflexively, we immediately think he's talking about material possessions. He was well off, uh, no doubt. Uh, he uh, was well connected. He probably had a very good home, very affluent parents, as the times permitted, and all of that. And so he was rich. He had, he had connections. He had a bright future in front of him. And Jesus says, sell all of that and come follow me. And he goes away sad. He's not willing to detach or to lay that aside. But let me suggest something else, which I think is, is actually a more important divestment. I would suggest to you that the rich young man's real riches is in the self-estimation of his own goodness, his own virtue, his own ability to be good and save himself apart from the work and the sacrifice of Jesus and the Father. In other words, he is not only satisfied, he is self-satisfied. There's a kind of air of moral superiority. There's a kind of air that uh, he is sufficient unto himself. Because he says, you know, in response to Jesus, he says, I have kept all of these since my youth. I, I have done all of those things. Uh, he says... Uh, all of these I have observed, and yet he still knows what do I lack. In other words, his spiritual treasures, his spiritual riches, which are good things, they have not been seen as gifts and blessings and graces from Almighty God. They are something he has earned. They are put in his bank account of, I'm virtuous, I'm righteous, I'm good, and the and, and, and the ultimate thing is, I can now stand before Almighty God and say to God, you owe me heaven. 
I have a rights claim to come in to your kingdom because I've done all these things. I've kept the commandments. I've gone to church. I've, I've, I've done all that is expected. I pray every day. Uh, we tend to sound like the, well, he tends to sound like uh, the Pharisee in the back of the temple with the publican. I thank God I'm not like the rest of people. You know, I, I observe, I give, I'm obedient. But I, I, I'm not like these inferiors, this, this publican back here. And yet Jesus says it is the publican who goes home justified, not the Pharisee. There's a danger in that what happens is, is that we can become good in our own estimation, in our own evaluation, based upon our estimation of our merits, of what we do. But you see, God does not provide us with gifts, graces, and blessings because of our merit. It's because of our need because none of us can save ourselves by ourselves. There is no salvation without Jesus Christ, without the cross, without the resurrection, without the incarnation. God loves us not because we are perfect, not because we are so morally virtuous, not because we are so spirit-filled. It's because we are so needy. Because without Jesus, without the cross, without the resurrection, we're doomed. We're doomed. We cannot save ourselves. The idea of human potential and human perfectibility, human salvation, that, that really is the sin of pride. It's the sin of saying, God, I really don't need you. And all of these things that I have accomplished, these are all my riches. You know, you can imagine a person standing before Almighty God with their bag, you know, with their bank book or their bag or their net, filled with all their good works, with all their religious exercises and activities, all the things that can be termed spiritual and religious and to make you holy. See, we don't become holy uh, in order to find God. We let God find us so that we can become holy. God is always first. And God's love and God's care for us is what invites us to that living relationship with God. That's when we walk the way of holiness. And so we we present all of our riches, all of our spiritual uh, ledger, if you will, to Almighty God. And we say, see, look, look at all of these things that I've done, all these things I've obeyed. I followed the rules. Now, I certainly have earned my way in. You have not. We have not. We are dependent upon God's grace. And when we open ourselves to those graces and gifts and blessings that the Lord showers upon us each and every day, each and every day, whether we recognize it or not, each and every day, we walk in the way of what is holy and what is good. 
from getting up in the morning to going to bed at night and all of the other activities and things in between, if we offer those as a sacrifice to God each and every day and think that this particular activity, this person I have to deal with whom I really don't like, this situation which is really I've been putting it off and it's troubling. And if I think of those as well as the blessing, I'm so looking forward to this. I really enjoyed that activity. If that is offered up at the end of each day, we're in the path to holiness because the goal is not self. The goal is praise and glory to the almighty God who has loved us and redeemed us and sanctifies us each and every day. So the young man goes away sad because he has to give up those spiritual things. He has to acknowledge and accept that he is dependent upon the infinite goodness and love and mercy of Almighty God. And it's good for us, you know, to, 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 to take stock of where we are, to see if we are really uh, open to receiving what the Lord has to give us every day. Come, Lord Jesus, come is not just for Christmas or Advent. It is for the whole of the Christian life. It is in our poverty that we are rich in God. So it's good to take stock, to, to see our priorities and the evaluation that we give to where we are in our relationship with God. Um, are, we, are we holding on to our riches? We, we may give various material things.